0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 41 of The Caesar Show. I've missed you all, and I'm sure the feeling is mutual. I just want to give thanks to the listeners that have been following me since day one and to everyone who is getting hip, no matter what episode you started from. So first and foremost, before we get into today's hot topics, I just want to quickly recap episode 40. Now on episode 40 of The Caesar Show, Drew Evans and Daryl Sharp both were my guests, and we discussed the NBA opening night. You know, deciding whether Tatum should be a number one option or not. The ceiling for the 76ers, Houston's early struggles, the Suns' young core, LeBron and the Lakers' debut the Jimmy Butler saga, the Raptors, the new look Raptors um, in the fight of the year so far between CP3 and Rondo. Now, a good amount of those things have, you know, a good amount of things have transpired, I would say. And I'm very excited to get into today's hot topics that I have for you all. But before I get into today's hot topics, I just want to let you guys know that today I will be having a special guest all the way from San Antonio. I'm talking about an international basketball skills trainer for the NBA, WNBA and EuroLeague coach. Tim Springer he's worked out Noble players like Kawhi Leonard from the past This offseason Most notable for CJ Miles, Danny Green um, And the list goes on and on so um, I'm very excited you know to have him On the show and I'm about to give him a quick call So let's be patient Hello Hey Coach Springer how you doing man I'm great, how much stuff? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How is the weather in San Antonio? You know, it's not bad. The uh <laughs> extra rain
1: than usual for the last few months, but it's uh in well, the beginning of November and just walked outside so with t-shirt, shorts to go walk and get my son. So, the weather's not too bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, I was just telling the audience, um, you know, you know, I'm very excited to have you on the show. I just want to say, first and foremost, you know, um, I've been watching you from afar, and I just want to thank you beforehand, you know, for setting aside some time to hop on the podcast, you know, when you have a very, very busy schedule.
1: Well, I appreciate that, and I appreciate the opportunity as well. I mean, anytime you get to talk basketball and and bond with the basketball community, I'm all what what
0: modality it is. For sure, for sure. Uh, So to my knowledge, you know, know you're a part of Spartan Basketball. Can you just give insight to the viewers on what exactly that
1: is? So Spartan Basketball is a year-round skill development slash player development program for players in San Antonio. Um, Everything from as high as NBA all the way down to elementary. Um, And we basically work year-round, train players to prepare for seasons. We mentor and guide them through seasons. And just build from year to year and have had some amazing success in the last ten years.
0: Nice. So so what got you into this and, and you know, what inspired you?
1: Um to be honest, like the basketball, um, and I know that sounds cliche because what doesn't who doesn't do that, right? But basketball kinda of saved my life. I had a different route when I was younger where basketball actually held me away or got me away from some could have been some serious problems. Mm-hmm. It actually got me out of some serious problems and got me in that way. So I had a late start playing as, as far as what would be considered late start, especially these days, kids playing competitive club basketball by second grade, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, and I just loved the game. When I, I walked on two years JUCO in New York, and then I thought I was going to be able to come down here to Texas, had a friend down here, and it would be a great opportunity, and more opportunity, um, yes and no, but found out I wasn't going to be playing much longer, but happened to start being a trainer under someone else's skill development program in that time and realized I fell in love with it, And just launched it from there.
0: Nice, nice. That's, that's pretty good. And, and it seems like you guys are doing very successful. So I'm proud of you, man. So, um, you know, another thing I want to say, you know, obviously I did see, uh, you know, you worked out players like C.J. Miles and, you know, Danny Green in the offseason. Obviously, um, you know, that reflection has been seen. You know, Danny Green's field goal percent from last season was 39%. Um, and then from three is 36%. And I believe right now, um, you know, with the change of atmosphere in Toronto, um, you know, he's shooting spectacular, shooting 45% from the field and 47% from three. Uh, my question for you is, you know, the NBA players that, you know, that have approached you for sessions, um, what are the players working on in the offseason? Are they more so focused on developing new skills or improving on what, they, what their expected roles will be?
1: I think it really comes down to more where they are in that career. A young guy has a lot he needs to add to his package, as you can see. Even like, say, i have never worked with Ben Simmons, but like now Ben Simmons is trying to add his shot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's things like Joel Embiid is trying to add because they're younger. When you get to the older guys, um, a lot can come down to um, things like opportunities. So, like.
0: Me, but uh, the last on us. So um, yeah, last thing the I heard veterans? was about opportunities. I'm sorry. The la- yeah, the last words I heard you. Uh, the last thing you were talking about was um, you know, just players with opportunities.
1: Oh yeah. So the, so the more the veterans, it comes down to they already have a pretty defined role, and that's how they're being shopped around the league, whether it's free agency or trades, right? Like. Just like Danny and Kawhi, everybody knew they were getting uh, they were getting a lot of scoring, but they were also getting a lot of defense. You know what I mean? So mm. that's the, their roles. So the vets are more expanding a role, or when I say a new opportunity, like I've I've helped players go through trades in the middle of the summer or last year free agency. So where with this team they were just a corner shooter. And then with this team, they're going to be running off screens and they're going to be coming off actions and they're going to be more involved. And You know, so a lot of it really comes down to as they get older, more of that role and trying to just expand upon it. But we spend the majority of the time on their role. The young guys, you're trying to help them define who they're going to be, what they're going to become. Obviously, there's a million analysts and everybody else in the NBA saying what they could become and what they should become. But it comes down to, okay, well, when they get in the gym, are they doing that work? And are they moving in that direction to where they
0: stay marketable. Cool. cool. That's definitely cool to see. Um, so, you know, nowadays, uh, many would say that, you know, the NBA is more of a positionless sport now. So you have players that are more skilled than ever. You know, there's, this is probably like the most points per game that we've seen thus far. You know, more of a free-flow offense, um, you know, and you have bigs, you know, stepping out and, you know, draining a whole bunch of threes now. And it's a little bit less physical. Um, how do you think, you know, the modern NBA affects, um, you know, everything that's going on?
1: Uh, well, obviously, the the, the the NBA is always the trendsetter to basketball. You know, you go to any youth game now, and everybody's jacking threes and trying to play positionless basketball. And I think to some degree that helps. But I think, um, you know, it, it's tough to say what exactly is going to come. I mean, there's some hypotheticals, like I said. It could keep moving and influencing the youth game in that way, which it probably will because college coaches look up to pro coaches, high school coaches look up to college coaches, and it just trickles down, right? Mm-hmm. But – um, I think we got to kind of see, you know, and the NBA's been this way for a few years where they put out some big things, some big changes mm. to try to either make it more entertaining or more engaging or, or whatever they're trying to do, sell more tickets, whatever they're trying to do. Mm. And it always takes a year or two to see the response mm. and see what kind of impact it has. And then, you know, obviously the NBA thinks about themselves first as far as is it something we keep, something we don't. But I think sometimes the higher-ups are also thinking what kind of impact we have in a different routes, especially when you talk like college basketball and the one-and-done rule and things like that. You know what I mean? But yeah. scoring-wise, I think, uh, you know, you talk to any coach of this generation that grew up in the last generation and they're going to tell you kids don't know how to play defense anymore, <laughs> we, we might get some more of that. We might get a little more of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Big, big thing, not just shying away from getting down on the block, but Bigs telling coaches, like, when I get down on the block, anymore, I'm shooting threes, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a kid actually out of San Antonio, sophomore high school, 6'10", and shoots NBA threes. Wow. six actually a kidney prep now. 6'10", shoots three, <laughs> wet. That's and good that's, where it's, that's just where it's going to go. But it'll be exciting. It'll be interesting to see because that's also, I think, with evolutions of guys like maybe what started with, penny, what started with Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. oversized, over-skilled, and then even guys like Penny Hardaway, and then LeBron came, and now Giannis, and mm-hmm. you, you know, I think that's the evolution of what you're going to see, and it'll be interesting, in, in, in my opinion, to when you've got the coaches, and you know, you look at the NBA, everybody's shifting toward the analytic of threes or layups, threes or layups, no mid-range, right? Yeah. And instead of people going, like, Pop there a lot, coach Pop there a lot, of, how am I going to shut down everything that's happening here? Where now it's kind of become a game of, like, what will we live with? Because you can't stop everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. that's always kind of been basketball in itself. But now with people scoring, spreading the floor, and I mean, like, you play Golden State. What are you going to live with? You're going to let Clay <laughs> tear you apart? You're going to let Steph tear you apart? Or are you going to let KD tear you apart? Because uh. you can't stop all of it the way, especially the pace and the spacing and the shooting. You yeah. just can't.
0: That's that's definitely true. I have to agree with that. Um, So the Toronto Raptors are currently sitting at 7-1 in the Eastern Conference, um, and they have the second-best record in the NBA behind the Milwaukee Bucks um, and the Golden State Warriors, and they have, you know, one of their best starts in franchise history. Um, You know, they had notable wins already, and right now they stand top 10 in points per game allowed in defense and top 10 in points per game on offense. So I think with the new coaching change, you know, and adding Nick Nurse and the addition of Kawhi Leonard, you know, who's a Finals MVP, two-time, you know, defensive player, and adding that perfect, you know, 3 three and D player in a Danny green who I also think has the best transitional defense, um, both who have a championship pedigree and the, and then the improvement of their role players are looking, you know, you know, very, they're looking very good. Um, so this team, you know, that's won 59 games last year and, you know, right now, um, with Boston's early struggles, um, I think they have potential to be the number one seed. Uh, what are your new, what are your, what are your thoughts on this new look, um, you know, Toronto Raptors team?
1: Well, I, I would probably say we regressed to last season because I thought that was one of the deepest benches in the league last year, and I mm-hmm. thought it was very impressive, and especially because, I mean, Kawhi is amazing, but I think DeMar DeRozan is an amazing, amazing player, and I actually got more of that appreciation last year, as I obviously had to watch more Toronto games from working with CJ and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I thought last year, honestly, I thought they had a, a strong chance to come out of the East even that. And then obviously the LeBron set kicks in and all that good stuff. And then Boston was pretty good. Mm. Um, and so with that being said, I thought they had a chance last year. Now you add, in my opinion, top three guy in Kawhi, mm-hmm. maybe top four. And I'm not into all that who's top five and who's <laughs> one. But just, just I mean, I mean, I, I honestly think people forget how good Kawhi was. Yeah. In those finals years And I think it's A Because they haven't seen him in two years And this is so much of Out of sight Out of mind sport And then two The media chastised him As this bad guy So everybody's like Nah We don't want him to win We don't want him to succeed Because he demanded a trade Or he sat out Or whatever And But I mean Numbers don't lie I mean I was was just catching Actually some uh, You know on NBA TV They'll show like Old finals games Yeah And he was just Abusing The heatles (laughs) <laughs> abusing like just doing whatever he wants in the half court. Remember how he used to guard LeBron? Yeah. Like I thought at one point during this whole trade thing, I thought LeBron was pushing the Lakers to get him so that he could have Lance and Kawhi, the two guys that guard him best. Yeah. On his team. Yeah. <laughs> He's like that's a chess move right there, right? Yeah. But anyways, back to Toronto. I, I think it's amazing. I think, I think more than anything, you add Kawhi's greatness, but at the same time. Quiet, Danny's defense mm-hmm. is that—that's a whole other level, man. Yeah. That's, that is a whole other level yeah. to an already beat bench. You got young guys. I mean, you saw guys like Pascal and all them guys. Those guys were nice last year. They were just OG. Yeah, Fred, all those young boys. Man, they were talented last year, and now they got a year under their belt, mm-hmm. and they've got someone like this leading now. Yeah, I just think that uh, in a deep playoff run at that, I think, I think the potential. Is super high and I know everybody loves Tyree and Boston and I'm not saying they're not good I don't think Philly's right ready but I, I, to me it's Toronto's East to win
0: yeah yeah
1: you know yeah
0: I'm, I'm a little I'm a little worried about the Celtics though I think they're going to start to uh, catch their groove probably by Christmas time
1: I, I agree but you know like other things that I've seen and I'm not you know name dropper and I don't like to share everything that happens on the gym but like I've seen firsthand, like the genius behind Nick Nurse's offense mm. and his mind, that offensive mind he has, and like we just talked about, this this is turning into an offensive league. Yeah, Like you got to outscore people. You got to be like the Phoenix Suns back in the day with Nash and Amari, just outscore <laughs> people. Yeah, And and that man has the mind to do it. I'll tell you that. That There's no question in my mind for that. Yeah. So um, he's amazing. So I think there's a win. And do you beat Golden State? I don't know. I think if you beat Golden State... You gotta play the perfect defensive series. Yeah. As contradictive as that is, to everything we just talked about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: It's gonna be it's gonna be hard when Boogie comes back, man. It's gonna, it's gonna be real interesting.
1: That's a game changer, right? I mean, gee whiz, you putting five was it five Olympians or at least five All Stars yeah. on the floor at the same
0: time? Yeah, both. <laughs> Both, both. That's because it's, it's cause they they seem a little bit beatable without boogie, but when you add them back into the mix, it's just a whole new, a whole other level.
1: Yeah, but then and then on top of that, like look what's happened this year. Like Steph goes off for fifty something, and then what? Not even eight days later, or so, Clay goes off. Like and then KD hasn't even really gone off like that yet, and KD's one of the best scorers in the league. Scores, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that's some firepower. Like, nobody, and they just got that flow going right now. They got that flow like the Bulls had after they have won a few. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. Mike and Pippen are like, okay, we know what we're doing now. Everyone else just follows suit and let's go for a ride and, and we'll be all right. Yeah. It's, but, yeah,
0: it's crazy. And then Clay, like you said, had 52 points, broke the record for most threes in the game with 14 three-pointers against Chicago, only played 27 minutes, and then he only dribbled the ball nine times. Like, nine times. like Yeah. That
1: that efficiency is crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Um, out of KD, Steph, and and Clay, who do you think is more likely to break Kobe's eighty one point
1: record? Mm. outside of those three guys, yeah, that's tough. I um, mean, uh, you can't put it past LeBron.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, if he just want, I mean, I don't think the Lakers are going to play that way, kind of like Cleveland was a little more slower up ISO. Mm-hmm. Although you'll probably see some of it in the playoffs because at any level of basketball, the playoffs always brings types of tougher defense in a slower game. Yeah, But I don't think the Lakers... I think the Lakers are going to stay run and gun. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's kind of fun to watch, man. It's kind of like the old Heat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're just getting out and running and throwing it down on people. Like, old-school basketball, man, it's fun. Yeah. But, um... LeBron back to the question. LeBron, Giannis maybe not this year, but if Giannis keeps doing what he's doing and he shoots the ball better, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know what that man's capable. Of. That's that's just pure craziness with the domination he has with size and athleticism. It's just, I don't know. That's that's crazy. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Besides them, because I would put it on Steph. Because mm-hmm. look, like I was even thinking the other day when he dropped was it fifty? What did he do? Fifty
0: one? Yeah, fifty one. I was thinking to myself, if
1: you had been in the fourth quarter, like, almost thinking, like, why didn't Kerr let him try for it? Unless, you know, Steph really, if Steph really, like they say, he doesn't care about things like that. Mm. Then maybe he was okay with sitting in the fourth quarter. But, I think, like, somebody's gotta wanna chase that goal. Yeah, somebody's gotta wanna, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how about, people spent decades trying to chase Will. Mm. And it's almost like, that that goal's kind of been diminished by Kobe, and Kobe's a little more realistic, so, in my opinion Steph is the number catch, especially cause man when he gets hot yeah, forget about it yeah it's a wrap <laughs> I mean like like it's almost like you know my son plays and my son is a big Curry fan and mm-hmm. my son's pretty good obviously he grew up in the gym and he's been training all his life mm-hmm. but and he can shoot it like he can and I'm not saying because I'm his dad, but he can shoot it and I almost don't like him to watch I like him to watch the confidence Curry has yeah. I don't like him to watch some of them shots Curry <laughs> takes when he's confident. But yeah. um you know, I th- I'd i probably have to go with Curry. I know you said outside of Curry, but Curry's my number
0: one and then probably LeBron. Okay. Cool. And you know, even, you know, staying with LeBron and, you know, Showtime obviously, um, like you said, they're pretty they're pretty damn exciting to watch, uh, win lose. Uh, you know, and I and I agree with you, I do believe Showtime is back. Um, obviously, you know, what they're doing right now, um, you know, Obviously, Showtime doesn't really reflect their record right now. Um, You know, I think right now they're currently three and five. They actually beat Dallas yesterday, Um, and I think they're at the bottom tier of the Western Conference. Um, You know, and after you know they lost the a couple days ago to the Timberwolves, um, LeBron James was basically said, you know, you don't want me to be around when when I become impatient. Now we all know know with LeBron, sometimes he can be a bit passive aggressive, at least looking from the outside in. You can just see that by his body language on the court as well, too. Um, And you know, it's it's been known. You know when LeBron has came back to a team like a Miami or back to Cleveland. You know they they've they've always had a rocky start. Um, And I say the difference this time around is is he doesn't have bona fide All Stars like how he had D Wade and Bosh or like a Kyrie and K K Love. So my question for you is um, is this. Is that with, you know, with this young core the Lakers, how patient can LeBron be? Uh, do you think they will start to catch a stride as the season progresses? Um, do you think management will start to panic and move these young pieces around to get another all-star to pair with LeBron James? Um, you know, this is a guy who's used to winning or at least competing for a championship on a yearly basis. And, you know, to me right now, the biggest thing is Luke has to just figure out who he wants to play down the stretch. Obviously, you know, fix some things defensively and just, um, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, are you going to go with Lonzo who's up and coming and promising or are you going to go with the vet, you know, and Rajon Rondo? Uh, but yeah, l- let me know your thoughts.
1: So I think first of all, LeBron can't walk. There's no way LeBron, knowing what he knows and knowing what he knows about building championship teams and the process that goes through it mm-hmm. is I don't think, I think LeBron knew this was not, this could take a year or two. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think yeah, he's gonna push the needle and everything else like he normally does. And but I think at the same time he knows what it's gonna take. And I think they're banking on. I think they're banking on next year's free agency. Yeah. You know, especially much as these guys know each other, they're talking, man. They're talking. Yeah. And hey, we should try. You know what I mean? They're yeah. already recruiting. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so um, they're already recruiting. And so with that being said, I think they're banking on that. And then on two, I think, I think they'll be better long term because a youth is youth. Bottom line, I don't care how talented it is; youth is youth, mm-hmm. and it takes a while to evolve at any level. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, the way they they want to play that up up the really move the ball. I mean, look, they're throwing almost half court, almost halfway down the court on an inbound. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like a, so, I think that that style of basketball always takes longer to really solidify the system because it's so much run and gun and it's, you know, it's high risk, high reward. You're going to play faster, score more, but you're probably going to turn the average, you know, four or five more turnovers a game, whatever that may be. It always takes longer to evolve that kind of system in offense. Mm. And so I think you're going to see some of that from this year. I think there's patience. I think some of those guys are on audition, Mm. just like we found out happened in Cleveland. But I don't think they'll rush as much. I think what they'll probably do is kind of see who can hang this year. What's the summer look like? I mean, you got who? You got Anthony Davis, you got Kawhi Leonard, you got Kyrie, you got... I mean, there's a bunch of them this mm-hmm. summer, and yeah. you only need one of them to really pair up with LeBron to just make it the right fit, which I think Anthony Davis does.
0: Would be a killer fit. Yeah, yeah. I was I was um, just about to ask you that. I was about to ask you who would you want to be? Who would you want to see him paired with? Um, I was thinking either Kawhi or or Anthony Davis as well. Too. I know you know analysts like Stephen A. Smith was saying Klay Thompson, Klay Thompson. But I truly think a Kawhi or AD would be better because I think you just need another you know another person that can create his own and get his own bucket. And he's had that with the Kyrie and with the D-Way And I just feel like with Klay Thompson, although yeah, he's one of the you know best shooters in the game, three D players in the game. I feel like. That I don't think that will get them over the hump.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think Kawhi and LeBron are too similar mm-hmm. in game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you got to have two ways to really attack it. I mean, any team I've ever built, I always wanted to have two different types of star players or stud mm-hmm. players that allow for different avenues of attack. Okay.
0: Okay. Cool. Okay, yeah, I never thought about it like that. Um, So the Cavs, you know, just fired, you know, Coach Ty Lue, um, you know, the Cavs. Um, came off. I think they were 0 and 6 when they fired him. You know, this is a team who in recent years have grown accustomed to winning. Uh, they went to four straight finals appearances, managed to capture their first one for the city of Cleveland. Um, in actuality, they only really lost one player last year from that finals run. Um, do you think it was fair to fire Lou? Um, and knowing that you've given Kevin Love a max contract, um, you know, he's about to sit out for quite some time. He just had a foot injury, I believe, on his toe. Uh, what do you do? Do you try to stay competitive or down? the road, do you try and trade Kevin Love for some assets and just blow up the roster and start over?
1: Uh, you know, I think that's a good question that I would honestly say over the last couple of years, I've learned a lot about those kind of situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can, I've learned, I'll put it this way, I've learned enough to realize that I don't know much about it. <laughs> and like, I guess just, and I say that too, because being a trainer, like I almost, um I have to be aware and conscious of those type of situations because Mm -hmm. it could mean one of my guys gets traded and then I have to think about, well, what's our next step, right? But at the same time, I've also learned that I have to kind of pull away from those thoughts and those, you know, do we blow up a team? Do we do this? Because I have to be so much more on the player's level. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? You know, the player's thinking about that stuff too. The player knows that stuff happens, but the player's just got to be focused on get on the court and produce and so I try to stay in the same lane with them. But obviously, I, I'm not really good at knowing where that goes. The, was it fair? I mean, if we're just talking pure fairness and, I, you know, like what's right, the right thing, the moral thing to do, yeah. the guy's just lost the best player in the world. Yeah. But like, you're going to have morale issues. You're going to have resetting issues. You're going to have change in leadership. You're going to have, like, that's such a big dynamic change that I don't think you can just give the guy six games. Mm-hmm. you know and like things can happen like they got to figure out how to jail. you know george's been stepping up you know caleb out that's tough now i mean like yeah like i said i morally i don't know if that's the right thing to do but i do know this the nba is one gigantic chess game mm-hmm. that probably i you and me think we know a lot about but probably don't even know what it really gets behind the scenes and not what some guy on ESPN's opinion of it is, and then we either buy his opinion or don't. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. So there's a huge amount of chess that gets played, and you'd be so pl- I mean, I could sit here with stories, but I won't go in there, and I don't, don't want to share people's private information either. So, but there's a lot of chess that goes on. <laughs> sure. So who knows? That, that decision might have been made last summer when LeBron left. Mm. That might decision might have been made even if LeBron stayed you don't know. Like, there's so much stuff that goes on that we don't, the common person does not know about. It reminds me of the military, right? Mm. We all think we know what's going on. And I'm, I'm prior service myself. I'm thirty-six at six years National Guard. Okay. But everybody, the regular citizens think we know so much about the military, what's going on, especially if we have a family member. But When you really wear the uniform and you're out there and training or seeing the things you're seeing, man, you have no idea what's going on. There's so many chess moves that you can't even explain to somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. And I think it's
0: very relative to an example for the NBA. Okay. Cool. Um, you know, and even to continue, you know, continue with, you know, teams blowing up. Uh the Washington Wizards, you know, this is a team that has surprisingly the worst record right now um in the NBA. Uh, they have two all stars in Wall and Bradley Beale with pretty damn good role players, I would say. Um, and then you get the addition of Dwight Howard, who obviously hasn't played yet due to back problems. Um and you know, you're in the Eastern Conference that, you know, that LeBron is not a part of anymore, so he's left it wide open. Why do you think the Wizards are struggling right now? I know there have been rumors that, you know, there's a lot of players who are about to be free agents on their team, so a lot of them, um, you know, have been basically playing, you know, well auditioning for a new contract in the offseason, so that's causing some, some chemistry issues. But why do you think the Wizards aren't, you know, playing up to expectations right now?
1: I mean, I think that could be a lot of it. And that's again. There's there's another level of the chess that goes on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I have always kind of felt like them in general, like had all this talent and got pretty far, and people thought were pretty high of them for the playoffs. But then they never kind of lived up to it, and you know you couldn't really put your finger on what it was. I don't know. In my opinion, when I looked at it, I felt like the energy. It wasn't the right winning energy. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was a lot of talent winning, but not a winning. Like you look at Golden State or even the Spurs back when they were hot. I mean, obviously I bring them up because I was watching all that mm-hmm. firsthand. But there was an energy to the way they played. You know what I mean? And I don't always see that with Washington. And Maybe that's just me, but um, that's the only thing I could really put my finger on. And that's not probably the most technical answer, but yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, John Wall is phenomenal. deal mm-hmm. is phenomenal. You're mm-hmm. right. All those guys are awesome. You know what I mean? Uh, the role players. I just think it's probably energy, I don't, you know, I don't know what else to call it really. Mm. Interesting, interesting.
0: Um, so the Rockets, you know, you know that team that had the best record in the NBA last season, that team that happened to make it to the Western Conference Finals and face off against the juggernaut and the Warriors, that team that was up three two, and if it wasn't for CP three hurting his hamstring, and you know, and them having a historically bad shooting night in Game Seven, you know, we're potentially talking about the reigning NBA champs. Um, it's just crazy how things just unfolded. Um, and right now, the Rockets stand, I think, 14th in the West. You know, Harden just tweaked his hamstring. Um, CP3 and Harden haven't really had time to mesh together this um, this season due to that, um, and obviously the fight that's went on too. Um, Melo really trying to buy into his role. They even lost their defensive coordinator. I mean, I think he retired. Um, you know, a lot of these things have went on. You know, they lost two key pieces in a reason by Mute. This is a team that looks like it's lost its identity. Um, what are your thoughts on the Rockets? You know, obviously the biggest topic of discussion right now is um, should they start panicking? Um, you know, right now Daryl Morey, their G. Has offered Minnesota two, well, four um, future first-round picks for Jimmy Butler. Um, do you think that trade should go through? And if Jimmy Butler is added to the Rockets, will that solve their problems? So,
1: uh, I think going back to last year, I think Houston was a was a very good team. I think they are still a very good team. I think I think they just found that that right streak at the right time, mm-hmm. and maybe even did. I wouldn't say a lot of overachieving because they were a very good team and they had the MVP. Yeah. But I think that momentum carried them a lot further than what people are really assessing them as. Yeah. And so they're still a good team, but then you lose some glue guys. Like you said, you lose a coordinator. but then, you know, ever since even last year, CP and Harden have barely been able to mesh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that I think it's it's still a situation where they could do it. They could pull it off. They're good enough. But they just—it's just, just time. Like everybody, I love how everybody's pushing on TV because their job is to make you panic and worry and think and all that. <laughs> but like everybody's like, "Oh my God, they're zero and four. That's four out of eighty-two freaking games."
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Look at the West last year. How things went up and down and crying, right before playoffs. Like you, you know, like I saw a quote from Quiet the other day. And this, this is exactly my point. He said. They were asking him a question about resting back to back days early in the season. He said, Look, I know I've been in the league long enough to know when the important games are. <laughs> Meaning 2019. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so everybody's panicking. They'll get it together. I think adding Carmelo long term would be great for them. Mm. Um, I think I if, if, if I'm done, I'm thinking the ch- again, I'm not the best chess player when it comes to this stuff, mm. but I'm thinking the chess move they're thinking is this. We got all these pieces. This is our absolutely best chance to do this. It's got to be now. We do need one more piece. If we can add a Jimmy Butler, I mean, what other better choice can you get on the market right now? There's none. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler is number one on the market right now. You know what I mean? As mm-hmm. far as players who aren't committed. And it's a it's a roll of the dice in that you're going to gamble and give up four future picks, especially high excuse me, high picks. Mm-hmm. But you got a chance to win now. Because I think they're smart enough to probably figure out, I don't think that team stays together long if it doesn't start winning a whole bunch of championships yeah I agree you know what I mean and Chris Chris is at the at the end of his career who knows what Harden's thinking you know what I mean Melo's at the end of his career so it's like it's now or never and so I think they're rolling the dice and I, I'll say this and I'm not the one managing millions and billions of dollars as an NBA owner mm-hmm. but I like it I've always liked I mean I know you gotta put safe and you can't just go throwing, again throwing millions of dollars around mm-hmm. but I like the ones that kind of grab, grab them, to use that metaphor, roll the dice and say, either we bust or we hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I, I like that. Like, I like that aggressiveness because I think there's too many leagues and, and too many teams in the league that are playing, like, well, what if we lose? You know what I mean? Like, I like that Toronto did acquire. Like, yeah, they might lose him next summer. Yeah. They might have been good for one year and that's it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? This is our chance. This is our year. Let's go for it. Mm-hmm. let's go for it and they rolled the dice and they did everything they could with it so I think it was I think it was I think it's smart I mean you know like I said you never know what's going on in that locker room you never know what people are saying in meetings they may know they got one to two years to make this work and that's it Cool. Yeah. so why not get Jimmy you know what I mean
0: yeah it's all, it's all up to Thibodeau and then the front office because apparently Thibodeau is being a little stubborn right now he doesn't want to give him up but we'll see
1: How it plays out, it'll
0: be interesting to see. Because I think, I think, man, you got Jimmy Houston. You got, you got some tough. Yeah, yeah. That'll definitely be. I'll definitely be excited going into the playoffs. Um, But even moving on from that, you know, last night some very historical um, things happened, and I'm talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves versus the Utah Jazz. Uh, I think we saw Vintage Rose. I think we can all agree we saw Vintage D Rose last night. Um, You know, he scored 50 points. played 41 minutes was ninth very efficient 1931 from the field and made four threes um you know knowing you know what d rose has been to you know been through you know this is a guy who was a formal um you know finals i mean not finals former mvp youngest mvp in the league and you know he's battled so much injuries been through so much adversity um what what are your thoughts on this 50 point performance a lot of people are saying oh is he back is he back um like what what are your thoughts on that 50 point performance and uh, what are your expectations um of d rose for this? The year I say just celebrate it, man. Like I think everybody's so worried about that—that
1: that whole is he back? Oh, and every time he does good, it's vintage D Rose. Yeah. I mean, youngest MVP ever. Why can't that just be D Rose?
0: That's what I be saying.
1: You know, like I mean, I get the injuries. I get, I get the frame of which their perspective is coming from. But I'm like, man, just celebrate yeah. that, man. That man's one that you know, and it's unfortunate because I think honestly, if he had got hurt, he might have been one of the best ever. Yeah. He was just amazing. You know what I mean? And I just, I think he might have been one of the best ever. And with that being said, like, it's I'm, I'm happy for him. Like, you know, man is breaking that crime just talking about how much he went through and to be able to finally get back to where he knows in his heart he is. And everything he did way back before he won MVP, and they were like, what's your goal? And he's like, MVP. And they were like, why? And he was kind of like, well, why not? Yeah. Why shouldn't I think like that? So, you know what I mean? Like, that's D-Rose. Like, if that's who he is, that's who he is. You know what I mean, and so whether his body allows him to be that or not. So, with that being said, like I just think good. I'm happy for him because that's the D Rose we know, and I'm a huge D Rose fan, man. Huge D Rose fan, like I can't even explain. You know what I mean? So I'm just happy for him more than anything, and I think I think it will propel him. I don't think he goes and has another MVP run, but I think it'll propel him, and it's a good start for him to lead this team. Hopefully find a spot where it's home and is comfortable for him again. You know what I mean? He's bounced around a lot the last few years and probably doubting and wondering if he still has it, but if the league still wants him like that. And to do that allows
0: him that avenue to find a platform where he can launch again. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, so I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a diehard Spurs fan over here as well, too. So I was very sad when Kawhi left, but we did manage to add DeMar DeRozan. Um, he's been playing lights out, averaging 28.6 rebounds and seven assists, which is ridiculous. Um, I was a little nervous. I didn't know what to expect this year, um, but you know, when you have Coach Pop, you know, you're always going to be able to compete. And right now, the Spurs currently stand fourth in the East. I mean, in the West. Um, are you surprised by how great they're playing right now? Um, and what are your thoughts on X? expectations for them for the season.
1: No, I'm not really because, like I told you, I watched a lot of Toronto last year, mm. um, and I got to see the beauty in his game, his leadership, competitiveness. That man brought it every single night, you know, and so I knew he was the type of player, you know, it's that joke that, um, you know, the Spurs only recruit the type of players they want. Well, very true, and DeMar fits that mold: hardworking, hard-working, competitive do the right thing, play some good basketball, even though I showed you a little bit. And I, I knew he was going to be that right fit for them. Yeah. I was wondering how it all worked out with Lamar and Ruby, but it looks like it's not a bad fit. You know what I mean? Are they predicting a hit from Golden State? Probably not. I mean, if you look the system that's been working for years, you got a chance to be in the playoffs. You know what I mean? And yeah. probably win some games as well.
0: For sure. Um, yeah, so you know, about to come to an end pretty soon. Uh, who do you think will? I know it's a small sample size; only been about eight games. But who do you see winning um, MVP for the regular season? Um, I think Kawhi has a chance. Yeah. Obviously, Steph or KD have a chance every year, just like LeBron. Mm-hmm. I don't think LeBron wins this year because I don't think he'll be successful enough to give it to him.
1: Yeah. Uh, but to see with Harden. Can he, you know, I'm sure he wants a back-to-back. Um, other than that, I don't know. I don't know, if, I don't know if Kyrie, I think like the Celtics are so balanced, Kyrie won't need to have to put up that kind of a season, yeah. so I don't know if he gets put in the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in the East, you know, we pretty much fight Philly and Toronto and maybe Borg here and there, you're good, you know? Yeah. Um, but probably those guys right there, I would say.
0: Yeah, and, you know, with me, I've just been thinking a lot about this, too. And I feel like a lot of times, as of late, you know, the NBA loves narratives behind everything, too. And obviously, you know, they take winning into consideration as well, too. But you look back at it, you know, they wanted, you know, D. Rose to be the face of um, the NBA for a little bit. You see um, the emergence of Steph Curry when he got that, when when Kevin Durant got it. And then, you know, they painted this picture, you know, Russell Westbrooks, uh, you know, he he has his own team now. KD's left, went went to average out a triple-double, um, you know one mvp even though they didn't have the best record and you have this narrative in James Harden um you know constantly always carrying the team you know you know you have uh, Mike D'Antonio that comes into comes into it and you know changes the whole flow of offense um so with this narrative this year I, th- I think I think Kawhi Leonard I think if the Eastern uh, if they're number 1 in the East um, knowing the narrative knowing the situation in San Antonio coming to a new team coming to a new conference if you can get the number 1 seed I think it, it's pretty much I think yeah, I, I, I think he pretty much has it solidified. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so another another thing I want to say. Uh, who who do you have going to the Western Conference Finals, and who do you have going to the Eastern Conference Finals? Uh,
1: Toronto and Boston. hmm But I think there could be a surprise. Like, I think there could be someone that just really emerges and and does something. Or someone who, like, gets in the playoffs and overachieves, maybe. Mm. Uh, I think I could see that happening. But I'd probably say Toronto Boston. Mm. And Golden State and... I don't know. I don't know. Um,
0: (laughs) That's been a tough
1: one. I mean, I guess Houston, based on what the past has shown us, like I told you, I don't... I don't take too big of a sample size off of eight games. Yeah. So uh especially beginning of the season. Yeah.
0: So probably Houston and Golden State. Mm. Okay. Okay. And then who do you have winning the whole thing? I think I know your answer, but I still want to ask you anyways.
1: So on paper it's Golden State but right? <laughs> I'm wrong with my people. So Toronto's winning
0: it up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, man, Kawhi is my favorite player in the league. So um, I just think they have the perfect balance. And like you said, they have a, a, a offensive genius in Nick Nurse, and they actually defend the ball. I feel like a lot of teams really don't defend like that, and they play pretty damn good defense. So um, I'm interested to see what they're doing. One of my concerns is, you know, they painted that narrative too, you know. Um, I, I want to see what Kyle Lowry does in the playoffs. And I think this year, and I went to the Wizards uh, Raptors game. I was so mad when Kawhi sat out, but I understand back to back, it is what it is. But seeing uh, Kyle Lowry play in person, um, that 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 guy's a dog, man. Um, you know, he he really does a little bit of everything. you know, he's a little undersized, but he has some heart. Um, and I think he just has a new, you know, a new look on him this year, new a new motivation this year. So I think in the playoffs, if he can continue what he's doing right now, and and he brings to the playoffs. I, I'm going with you too. I think I think the Raptors go to the finals as well, and you know they can shock a lot of people.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's just and then on top of that, he's already been a Finals MVP, like the man's been there. So if he can get him there, he knows what to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's very much what what they're feeding off right now in Golden State except they got three, four, five, six guys, and <laughs> don't yeah. a little different, but yeah,
0: we're definitely gonna see, but uh. Yeah, man, Coach. I I really appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, to this week's episode. You know, it's always love. Um, so you know, it's 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 always good talking basketball. You know, with different people, all you know, all around the place. Um, do you have any anything you want to say?
1: Uh, thank you to for you for the opportunity. I don't really get to talk about this. I don't always really get to do this. I'm in the gym so much, but it's it's fun to get on and do that. And obviously, thank you to everyone who's listening. Um, always appreciate that as well, and I'm sure you do as well. I mean this day and age attention is one of the biggest commodities that we could we could try to ask for from somebody and um just very appreciative of any opportunity where that comes about
0: for sure and then the last thing uh what uh what 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 what, what keeps you what keeps what keeps you going what keeps the ingenerate going like what what keeps you motivated in 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 anything you do
1: uh first and foremost my family mm-hmm. um you know i have an amazing wife who's been there for me for everything really helped me I would not be where I'm at today if it weren't for her, not only as a basketball trainer, but a man, husband, uh, father, and then obviously my son, just being that example to them and uh, just letting them see what that looks like uh, from all levels. Um, and then, of course, like I told you, man, basketball saved my life. And yeah. in so many ways, And we could be on here for another hour talking about that. We won't. <laughs> but um, And I realized when God gave it to me to be a career and to be a blessing to others that... This was my job on earth while I was alive. Mm-hmm. And there's so much peace in that. And we see so many books and videos and everything talking about, you know, living your passion, living your calling. and Life would be great. Like, that's not a lie. That's mm-hmm. not a lie at all. And mm-hmm. so it's just been a blessing. And then from there, the people, you know, the people that basketball allows me to be around, motivated, uh, committed, hardworking, basketball-loving <laughs> People, it's just—it's so easy to wake up every day and and do the hard work of you know ten, twelve hours a day in the summer every day or whatever it may be for you know taking flights here, or there to to do this to be for, their full player. It's just a blessing, and I'll I'll never overlook that. So wrapping all that up, I guess you could just say gratitude, gratitude, gratitude more than anything else
0: gratitude i love that i love that yeah but thanks for your time coach you know it was a pleasure like i said once again and you know you know who who knows maybe in the future you know hopefully we you know we can talk we can chop it up some more man
1: yeah that'd be great i really appreciate
0: it for sure you have a good one
1: you too
0: all right yes ladies and gentlemen that was episode 41 of the caesar's show Coach Springer um, you know he did his thing It was a really really great episode probably my Most favorite episode that I've you know Recorded till now um, so yeah You know that's a wrap up and you know Just make sure to follow me on all forms of social Media at Sir Seasons that's S-I-R-S-E-E-Z-U-S I'm available on iTunes Podcast Connect And SoundCloud you know Hit that link in the bio you can go Subscribe do whatever you gotta do to spread the love And you know until next time I'm out